0: Welcome to The Well, where we gather and talk about life, death, and everything in between. I'm Pastor Kerry, and my favorite Broadway musical is Les Miserables, but a very, very, very close backup is Hamilton.
1: Uh, My name is Jay, and my favorite eating utensil
2: is a spoon. My name is Pastor Tim, and my favorite Democratic Expressway is the Kennedy Express. (laughs) and that wasn't even the joke yet you even have a joke now
0: (laughs) Yep. (laughs) how cool is that
2: well there were um these uh um three four little old ladies one of them being a retired pastor's wife and they were driving down to des moines and uh they were on i-35 and all this traffic is going around them, and everybody's honking their horns. I mean, it is a mess. They're just raising all types of trouble. And police officer pulls them over, and he goes, Ma'am, do you know how fast you were driving? She goes, Yeah, I was driving 35. He goes, Ma'am, the speed limit here is 60. She goes, Oh, well, I saw all these signs that said 35. And he goes, No, that's the name of the road. Where are you coming from? And he looked at all the ladies and goes, what's wrong with them? She goes, well, I guess. And all of them are just shaking about ready to have a coronary. She goes, well, I, I, I guess we just got off of Highway 141.
1: <laughs> I, I, <laughs> I try not to offer too
2: much commentary on
1: your jokes. <laughs> I really wanted to hate this one. <laughs> yeah, here I am laughing. <laughs>
0: I was so involved in the setup that like, I, I yeah, it took me a minute, but... Um, they must have been from Illinois, huh? I, like, obviously. No, obviously. <laughs> Fantastic. <laughs> All right. No, it's, it's Des Moines. Mel, did you like that one? Oh, Bad yeah, Mel. big fan. Absolutely. All right, excellent. And speaking of Mel, this is Mel. He is here... To host us at The Well, he lives at the bottom of The Well, and he collects topics that people talk about as they walk by, just in case some silly people like us someday might want to come and have some topics to talk about together. So would you like to grab a topic for us to get us started, Mel? All right. Here we go today. Okay. I wonder if it's cold down there. I bet it is. You got to think so. I would think so. All right. Here he comes. Number one. Thank you, Mel. Oh that one looks big, really short. Big paper, little question. Yes. Ooh.
1: How do you tell if theology is good theology? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I didn't just throw the paper after reading that today.
0: <laughs> I'll take a stab at it if Sad. if I can yeah. if we can go out order. Oh. Um, I, it what it makes me think of is Jesus saying how will you tell the false prophets when they come in my name but but they aren't sent by me is that you'll know by the fruit right so i think when i look when i look at theology and I listen to theology you know what's the where's the fruit coming from what what are, what are we bearing and even and even taking into account right that like sometimes fruit takes a while it doesn't just appear on a plant right it needs time it needs sun it needs cultivation um so what kind of fruit does that theology have the potential to bear um if if cultivated with love and concern and and um concern for the other person other people I creation think,
1: um does does my theology, so to speak, point me and others to loving my neighbor. Mm. Um, and and I think um, to take that a step further, not loving my neighbor in the way that I perceive it, that I have the solution for, um, I believe someone um, recently preached about this, um, Pastor Carry, <laughs> but, um, but yet um, that my neighbor feels loved, that I don't dictate this is how you will be loved. That my neighbor feels that's loved. Right. If those things lined up, I, I I would go out to say that that's good theology. That's
2: nice. How does it stand up against the words of Christ, mm-hmm. the it's words okay. of Jesus? Um. And even if you do like the uh, Jesus seminar and decide which ones are, which aren't, they all basically come down to love the Lord. You got a heart, soul, and mind, love your neighbor as yourself. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, and not make your neighbor as yourself, love your neighbor as yourself. Right. I think we have a confusion with that. But I, I guess that's what I look mm-hmm. at is if it stands comfortably with the words of Jesus, then it's a good theology If it stands comfortably with the biases, uh, the prejudices, the worldview of the world, like who dies with the most toys wins, Mm -hmm. as the prosperity gospel speaks of, that is not good theology. That is theology of greed and self, and has nothing to do with loving my neighbor. And I love how Jesus says all the law and prophets the entire Old Testament can be summed up in loving God and loving your neighbor. So that which is not loving God, loving neighbor, may not actually, I'm going to probably end up having a visit with the bishop on this one, may not actually fit in the Old Testament, Mm -hmm. if that's what Jesus says.
1: And as we're we're processing this more, I was thinking, too, if, if my theology leads me to feeling comfortable always having the answers and being in power it's probably not good theology if it's challenging me and making me realize where i um do need to give up power or um, become uncomfortable um i'm I'm gonna
2: i'm gonna assume that's probably better theology hard theology i like the old line I mean, if my theology causes me to be comfortable because I am one of the comfortable, it is a bad theology. Mm. Good theology comforts the afflicted and afflicts the comfortable, mm. and I think we need to be better at that.
0: Right. Exactly. Uh, yeah. It, almost. You could think about it as how how to how countercultural is it? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Is this going with the flow of of my culture or is it going against? Right. And I feel like rule of thumb might be. Um, when it's really swimming upstream from the way everything else in my sort of consumer motivated Western uh, culture, then chances are, maybe you listen to it a little bit too. Um, but I and and I wanted to say one other thing about. Um, And I think it's really good to talk about love, but it's also really hard. But I, because I want to highlight something that you said, Jay, when you said, I want to love my neighbor as my neighbor, as my neighbor defines love, as my neighbor feels love, because there's, there's a lot of really bad things that people do to each other out of quote unquote loving them. Right. Right. Mm -hmm. So we have to be, I, I think I try to be really careful about, um, making love a simple thing, because it seems simple to me, right? I know mm-hmm. what love is. I know how to love my neighbor. It means to make them follow the rules, because if I don't make them follow the rules, they're going to go to hell, and that's not a very loving thing to do, is it? And the right? rules <laughs> that I decide are <laughs> exactly. right? Exactly. Loving the
2: sinner and hating the sin, when I declare it yeah. as a sin, is not loving.
0: Yes, exactly, exactly. So,
2: um, I, I, another thing that comes to my mind with the comfortable thing that came to my mind is, Another one of my favorite passages and my favorite lessons that I've learned is as a pastor is Jesus did not go after the rich young ruler. Mm-hmm. What if you upset people? Well, sometimes they just gotta walk.
0: Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's good. It's good 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 place to to sit to invite Mel back. Oh. All right, oh, there he is. Hit his he his hit on hit a he, bucket. I <laughs> think he hit his I think he hit his eyeballs, unfortunately, <laughs> <laughs> did you, Mel? How are you feeling okay? Okay, good. He's going to end up with astigmatism after that. Probably. (laughs) Yes. All right. Let's go down and see what we come up with. All right. Here he is. Oops. He almost forgot to shake the water off. Mel, you can't forget that. All right. There we go. See what we've got.
2: (laughs) I'm changing the name. Okay. There's a knock on your door. You open it, and Vladimir Putin is standing on your threshold. Do you let him in? Why or why not?
1: That's right. That's
0: a question. Oh, right, and this is me first. Oh. It's a weird question. right. Yes. I, I... Yes, right? I guess, really picturing this is going to happen. Yes, I I guess I would say that... Do
2: you have a cup of sugar?
0: (laughs) Wouldn't that be fun? Wouldn't that be something? Um, That there should never be a time when I don't want to see someone else's point of view. Um, Even something that I find to be um, abhorrently wrong in my own worldview, nothing absolutely everything to gain and nothing to lose from from forming relationship. Um, it, I think it's one of those questions of, you know, how do we deal with, with other, um, with people who have completely different values from us, right? Do we shun them, hoping that our shame and condemnation will help them to see the, the you know, the, the, uh, the wrong of their ways. Uh, But actually it seems not to happen that way, right? I think people are loved into who they are meant to be in relationship, not in isolation. So when we want to help someone see things a different way, or we think that they could maybe use a different or a new or a more loving, uh, less violent perspective, uh, we as humans to be able to do that in relationship in a way we cannot do in isolation. So uh, yes, I would. I hope he has a translator, and I'm not going to eat anything when he's in my house.
1: <laughs>
0: right? You know or the negotiator, yeah. the Ukrainian negotiator is poisoned. I know. Yep. I mean, it's yeah. yeah. Anyway, no, no eating, but I will talk. Yeah. I am. I am super.
1: Super public about being welcoming. And I'm really struggling with this question. Um and and one of the things is what I want to say, I don't want it to sound like it's in contrast or in response to your comment. So okay. I, I for the listeners I, I want I want everybody to know that. What I do struggle with is when I know we're specifically asking about Vladimir Putin, but at the same time, like if someone has truly wronged you, which let's be honest, there's a lot of stories of where he has wronged people. <laughs> um, but if there's if someone has truly wronged you, when is your no, no? Like when is that boundary there? That's right. And it's a good point. Um, and and I guess what I'm struggling with is is there a is there a boundary there based on someone who has done something from a position of power to so many people? Or is that boundary set for when someone like wrongs you or a family member or something like that um, personally, right? Um, but at the same time, um, one of the things that has like really influenced my my faith and leadership mm-hmm. in the church is um, just the things that can change and happen based on conversation and relationship. Um, to your original point, and I and I don't I don't want to shut that down either. Um, based on my own idea of assuming that this person will never change, because <coughs> then I'm shut. I'm shutting two doors, <laughs> right? Mm-hmm. An emotional, and um, but also an understanding that there's pain, trauma, and when is when is a boundary, boundary. Right. Um, so, so I just have one big, great answer. Of I don't know.
2: Um, I'm going to <laughs> maybe it's a cop out answer, but <laughs> I'm no, no,
0: do. I think it's really good. That is there, this maybe this is a great
2: answer. I have two answers I'm going to contradict myself. One Perfect. comes from Bonhoeffer, who, those of you who don't know, was a German uh, theology professor and pastor during the Third Reich, who was accused and probably was involved in one of the attempts on Hitler's life, and he was hung the day before his camp was liberated on April 4th, like March 4th, that. something like that. Um, and um, he was asked, what what came to his mind was, if I was in a car with a maniac who was driving into a crowd of people, would I do everything I could to stop him from driving? And so would I do everything I could to stop the violence being caused by this man? By excluding him, I'm not doing everything I could to stop that violence, but what does everything I could mean? So I really get myself in a moral quandary there that Bonhoeffer faced. And then on the other side of it, I was reminded immediately when I first read this of Nadia Bowles-Weber, a Lutheran uh, pastor who has written a number of books. Um, She's on a very radical side to some people. Um, uh, um, And the statement will say to some when when she's in her talk to the youth gathering, when she uh, talked about who she would be sitting next to in the heavenly feast, she said, chances are, knowing God's sense of humor, I would have Harvey Weinstein on my right and Mitch McConnell on my left. (laughs) that you know um so um i would do everything i could to stop him but i'd have to have relationship to do that and i think that's the only way i can answer that question i would not give him a cup of sugar
0: i spend a lot of time talking about forgiveness and and non-exclusion and i just absolutely like reject the idea of Harvey Weinstein in heaven and that is not usually me (laughs) I have said Hitler in heaven before right and I just like I oh my stomach just turned actually
2: when she said that there were people who I know who who agree with her who were like shocked at what she said but that's
0: That's the radical nature of God's acceptance and abundance. I mean, I'm right. Right. And I apologize to myself at how offended I've just made myself about how offended I was what I just said. Yeah.
1: That's how I feel about this situation though. Yeah, Yeah, exactly. But like, I think that's, I think it, maybe this is making an excuse for myself, but I think at the end of the day, we, we are human with human limits in a human world. And, God God's forgiveness and grace is extravagant and we I think we can only learn from it. I don't know if we can always live up to the fullness of it because we are human and we're finite and I'm not saying that as an excuse but like as as a realization of the moment too.
2: How come it's always somebody at the door you don't want? Why can't it be like Stephen Wright for me? I would love it if Stephen Wright <laughs> Stephen came to my Wright, door. <laughs> I'll tell
1: you right now, if Oprah Winfrey right. came to my door,
0: <laughs> That's awesome. If Mel, you found one day you knock on the door and Mel happened to be there, yeah, right? Be all about it. Let him <laughs> right in. All right. What do you say, Mel? One more for us. All right, here we go. All right. Yeah, it looks like he's got a good one for us. Shut it off, Mel. Okay. Thank you, Mel. Take care.
2: Bye, Mel. All right.
0: Discuss what you think Jesus meant when he said to the thief on the cross Truly, I tell you, today you will be with me in paradise. Does everybody. Do you like pina coladas? Do you like getting caught in the rain?
2: (laughs) I hate that song. (laughs) With, it's it's <laughs> disco, it's a terrible line I'm sorry It's Everything wrong Trigger. about music is that song <laughs> Wow I wanted I to cheat no, on my I, wife So I wrote an ad And she's the only one that answered it Because I'm a moron <laughs> Look, Pastor Tim, you should tell us how you really feel <laughs> <laughs> Now I lost track of the question
0: Okay um, I don't know, Paradise while, just reminded where, me of where, Yeah where? <laughs>
2: I,
1: so I have to go now?
0: Yes, oh, wow. I'm sorry about that.
1: No. Um, uh-huh. So I think, um, well, I'm going to just throw this out there. Uh, being the first one to answer this question, being sandwiched between two <laughs> pastors that have spent time in seminary and all of these wonderful classes is absolutely terrifying, but I'm going to go for it anyways. So, <laughs> you should. um this heresy brought to you by, <laughs> <laughs> by Jay Keel. Um, so I'm going to say that I think Jesus is making more of a statement to everyone else in this. And I we could take this a lot of ways. But for me, I think Jesus truly is living out the fact that God is for all. Um, and one thing that um, gets me about this is um, that at, at least in um, the translations that I've read, um, the the person on the cross does not like do the specific ask of Jesus or um, the specific prayer <laughs> in Jesus' name, um, but it's, simp- it's simply acknowledging Jesus. Ask Jesus, and um, and and Jesus says out loud. Truly, would be with me in paradise. What paradise means, I'm gonna let the theologians on either side of me go for it. But for me, I think it's saying, um, really living out um, that if God is a God of love, this is what love looks like, even on the cross. Um, so that's my initial thought.
2: The, the, the caveat that I will add to that is looking down, I talked about this um, at our, um, our Latin service. Looking down at the crowd without any word of repentance, Jesus says, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. Mm. And then he also says, this man who says, I think it's remember me when you come into your remember kingdom. Remember
0: me when you come into your kingdom.
2: Yeah. I tell you today you'll be with me in paradise. Now, let's. I'm going to go a different route and talk about what does this afterlife thing mean, uh, what it is, and all I like to say when I talk to people about it is we like to constrain God by time and place. Hmm. God created time and place. To God, a a thousand years is but a day, as it says. But because God is creator of time and place, I believe that when we die we are no longer constrained by time and place, but we are in God's realm and we are in um, the kingdom of God, in God's realm. And so, yes, as that day ended in their death, they were in the kingdom of God. And then to brought, expand that even farther, paradise is the word of creation, garden, the garden, mm-hmm. and its new heaven and new earth is going to be made. That through the amazing redemptive power of Christ and God that new heaven and new earth, is somehow created as a response to this event. And one who experiences that event, and I would say, I would argue both sides of the cross experience that paradise, even though one of them is not declaring the kingdomhood of Christ, but Christ has already forgiven him. And so that being part of the kingdom is there for him also. And so that's how I see that, that, that that limitless nature of God bringing time and space to an end still keeps us in the realm of God.
0: Great perspectives. Um, when I, I think that there's a, I, I, I happen to, find this sentence to do to be just very powerful. And I'm not all the way sure why, but as I'm thinking about it, I think that it's the personal nature of it. Very much so. You know, and that um, that Jesus is for everyone and Jesus on the cross action you know, unites God and humanity in the experience of God-forsakenness and it's just a cosmic and, and beautiful thing. And right in the middle of that, Jesus is able to turn his eyes to another human being, another person, and have a very personal relationship mm-hmm. and say to them in this moment of uh, right of pain and fear and ultimate isolation right that's one of the things that the crosses is, is this is this idea of ultimate isolation from relationships the fear that is at the heart of most uh, of human brokenness the fear of of being forgotten and isolated and this you know uh, uh, this certainly in pain and afraid man says remember me right what a what a sympathetic and powerful thing for someone to say you know feeling at, at that point that no one maybe is going to remember him you know no nothing's going to come from anything it's a it, it's a invitation to despair certainly and he turns to jesus and says remember me when you come into your kingdom and jesus just like hones right in on it right just hones right in on that invitation to individual person-to-person relationship and and you know if if you could come if words could give you a hug i feel like these words you know give me a hug to truly i tell you amen amen he says today you will be with me we will be together you're not alone in paradise, right, yeah. in the place where we were always meant to be, right. Paradise is Greek; it doesn't it means yeah. garden, right? right? So we hearken back to the Garden of Eden, that place we were always mm. created to be. Whether in like exactly right, Pastor Tim, is it a physical place? We, we, we don't we don't have any idea, any right? Gardens, right? Right. All we know is it's taking us back to that place where we were meant to be, where we are wanted, and where we are intimately in relationship.
2: Where, where we were. wanted to be.
1: When you, were, when you were saying that, um, the phrase came to my mind that, like, in Jesus, the invisible are seen. Yes. In yeah. Jesus, the invisible are seen.
0: Yeah. Perfect. Perfect time for cookies, I think, <laughs> is what uh, that obviously. means, because <laughs> I think these are called angel cookies, so right from paradise into angels, we're just all... So um, our friend Julie made these cookies, and I don't know that we have information on the recipe other than I believe they're called angel cookies.
1: And I think it came from a St. Luke's and from cookbook. A Saint,
0: and from a St. Luke's cookbook, perfect. And I do; they do look familiar to me, like with the Red Hot in the middle. Like I have seen these before, so let's, let's see.
2: So do you eat the cookie... And have your last bite be the red hot. <laughs> Absolutely.
0: area. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> There's more I'm, than one right area. See, answer. just
1: because you said that, now I'm going to do it differently.
2: Mm. <laughs> oh, gosh. Others have been stoned for worse, Jay. <laughs> it's
0: very, very light. Mm-hmm. Um, I think a delicious sugar cookie flavor.
1: Quite buttery. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
0: They're a little bit fragile. They are a little bit falling aparty, but if they weren't, I would love to dip that in a co- in a in a coffee, in a co- mm-hmm. coffee, a cocoa, maybe even Get a little fancy but. Yeah. hmm Yeah, a little cocoa.
1: Um. So I think. Well, I mean, all of these to an extent are on personal preference, but I I am a traditionally a soft or chewy cookie guy, mm. so the texture is working for me on these. Um, I'm also one of those people, you know, I joke with Pastor Kerry a lot that I like oatmeal raisin cookies are my favorite, And it <laughs> actually is because there's a lot of flavor in those. And so for me, I'd probably go three and a half just because I don't lean to sugar cookies on my own. Um, but this is well done for the type of cookie it is. I'll say that.
0: Right. I'm going to do four because I do like a sugar cookie. And I forgot what that red hot tastes like. I don't know how long was last time I had one of those. Yum! (laughs) Reminds me of my grandpa. It's a delicious little like flavor surprise. So that took me from three and a half to four. I liked it.
2: Mm -hmm. I'm not a sugar cookie fan.
0: Really, you guys, what's up with that?
2: It's sugar cookies. I mean, the only thing lower than a sugar cookie is an oatmeal raisin. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) I do agree that oatmeal raisin is grumble, grumble. God made chocolate chips for a reason, and that's. Being that set, I would give it. I would give it almost a four, maybe a four. Um, it could have even been hitting the realms of five if they made like some funny character out of the red hots, like had more than one red <laughs> hot. Then, then maybe more than one red hot. I will agree yeah. with that. You know, like maybe half dozen. Um, <laughs> <a> dozen. Wow, <laughs> just throwing out it's a too number. Many. <laughs> yeah, you can never have too many red hots. Um, <laughs> but no, I, I'm you know. It's hard to beat a chocolate any derivative of a chocolate chip cookie for me. So I get
0: that.
1: What do you think, Doug? I'll go three and a half. Um, I like I like chewy cookies.
2: Yeah. Like I like some chew to my cookies, and I, I think it's a, they're think it's what it overthinking in a little bit.
1: I think there's too a little too much butter in it, and mm. for for my taste.
2: Do you like a
0: sugar cookie on a normal I do like day? I like yeah. a chewy. I
2: like all cookies. Okay, I don't discriminate. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Is that when, true? Yeah, when we're doing cookies,
0: what about a what about that kind which has that jellied, um, uh, <laughs> jellied? cherry in the middle? Huh? Oh, but it's yeah. like a nest that comes out like at like Christmas co- time a lot. Coconut would, around would, it. No one likes those. If that
2: was the only cookie there, it would be. It would go. go down.
0: We're doing the scale, and
2: I think there are different scales. I mean, there's food scale, and then there's cookie scale. Maybe that's true. Yeah. Maybe cookies I, have their own scale.
0: <laughs> Is there sure. a cookie you guys wouldn't eat? Uh, if you, I know, well, yours. I know, am not gonna. You know, I'm not gonna eat anything with nuts in it, and I'm not gonna eat anything with you know, raisins in it. I mean, there's cookies I prefer
1: not to eat, but at the end of the day, I'm,
2: I'm, I'm I mean. probably eat them. My great aunt used to make one of those real a whorehound type. Oh gosh, they were. They looked like little brown drops of yuck. <laughs> What? And they were so good. <laughs> so don't so, judge
0: a cookie by its, its color. brownness. I, I, and I'm
2: kind of like, um, Doug, I like a chewy cookie, but I like the mix. I kind of like a crunchy edge, chewy center cookie. Yep, yep. that's the perfect, that's perfect cookie. cookie. Yeah. And that's why I like chocolate chip, because that's how they naturally are. You throw <laughs> raisins in there, and you could end up with a raisin on the edge making it chewy and just ruin the whole experience.
1: <laughs> that's why there's oatmeal in it.
2: I feel called out. I need a God moment. (laughs) Absolutely. Yeah.
1: um, So um, for me, um, my God moment uh, happened. Well, so we're recording on a Thursday in in Lent, as we've mentioned. And um, mine happened last night. um, And I uh, walked into our Lenten dinner, our Wednesday night dinner, and um just randomly sat down at a table um and I'm not gonna I'm not gonna say who these people are to keep confidential but um just engaged in just an amazing conversation and then another couple joined and um, combined from the four people at the table, um, there was like over 200 years of history connected to St. Luke's, um, just in these four people and, um, one of when, learning that one of them when they first moved to Middleton um, their what their dad could afford was to rent a, a garage with cold water um, from somebody and that's that's how they started uh, living here and then um, graduated mm-hmm. graduated with um, 4.0 with honors from high school and just like talking about that and how the church was an integral part of that story for them um, and just I think just the power of story and sometimes um, I get caught up in um, so many details, but then to just remember, like, at the end of the day, like, just listening to people's stories and just their lives and how um, some of the things they went through, I was like, man, I don't know if I would have survived that. And they're like, yeah, but it's made me who I am now. And God was always with me. I was like, wow. Um, so that was a good um, God moment for the blessing that they are um, to the, the church and their stories, but also... Um, the blessing of, like, the reminder that, like, God is always with us. Sometimes we just forget to slow down and see it.
0: That's nice. Thank you.
2: Thanks for journeying to the well with us once again. God's peace be with you.
0: The Well is a podcast of St. Luke's ELCA in Middleton, Wisconsin. You can follow for new episodes airing every other Thursday on St. Luke's website or wherever you get your podcasts. If you would like to drop a question in The Well, you can dive over to stlukes-elca.org thewell to submit your questions there. The Well is sponsored by St. Luke's Foundation. The foundation is dedicated to leaving a legacy for future generations. You can learn more at stlukes-elca.org foundation. The Well is produced by Doug Castle and edited by Ariana Viscara. Thanks for listening, and we'll meet you next time here at The Well.
1: Get your favorite. Did you notice I didn't have one <laughs> yes. that one time? I was like, my favorite swimsuit color is pink. <laughs> I,
2: I most certainly did not have one. Really. I never <laughs> have my favorite in mind until in I hear yours. Too. Oh, okay. Ah. And then it then it comes to me. Yours are yours are almost definitely planned, aren't they? <laughs> do you, do you so, think about them? So specific.
0: I do. Yeah, I do. I like it's it. awesome. <laughs> All right. Ready? Ready.